Good evening and welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers. I'm your host, Dorothea Dell, for this evening. And our amazing Kimberly Genovese Roving Reporter is actually on location in Mexico right now. So she is on base over there doing some uh, work here for Unstoppable Overcomers Productions. And so the latter half of this evening, it will just be myself and our amazing guest, Jer Jerome Jackson. Welcome to the show, Jerome. How are you? Jermaine. Jermaine. Or Jermaine. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I knew that before he said it. And then, you know, Hot Flash came on and I'm truly yeah. sorry. <laughs> That's okay. okay. <laughs> so, uh, Jermaine, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do, and a little bit about your overcoming story. Oh, well, what I do is someone asked me the other day, they say, what do you classify yourself as? And I said, Honestly, I don't know. I can't define myself as one thing. You know, I know I'm a, I'm a coach. So, and as far as coaching, as far as helping people with their health and transformations, helping people within the classroom and teaching, helping people with uh, whether it's sports or academics, helping people in uh, entrepreneurship. You know, so I I believe that it, just overall, I'm just a, just a coach, coach by nature, and I and I enjoy making people better. So that's that's my thing. Right. I absolutely love that. And I know that in the pre-interview, like we went for like an hour and a half in the pre-interview. When yeah. you talk about something, you're just fired up. Yeah. Um, and, and I love that about you. Um, and so a little bit, though, your overcoming story right now, you are um, I, I called you a cancer thriver, um, not just a survivor. I mean, because I mean, if you looked at some of Jermaine's posts on fa on Facebook and, and stuff like that, and and, so, and Instagram, like this man is absolutely one hundred percent all for life. And I don't know if um, y'all know my backstory, where my my dad passing away with cancer a year and a half ago, and. Um, so I was there firsthand on the first chemo treatments and that. And, and when you go through that for the very first time, it's shocking, um, you know, to see some of our, to see some of our um, loved ones getting treatments. And so uh, Jermaine, I just want to, you know, if you could tell us a little bit about your cancer journey, um, you know, where it started, where you're at right now. And then I know that we definitely got to talk about your transformation King, but first we'll start with your cancer story. Well, first of all, uh, it was it was back in 2020, around I would say April or so, and I was starting to feel a little discomfort. You know, I, I've had a uh, lower back, my shoulder, and and then it progressed within a couple months to excruciating pain. So around July, uh, it was it was I think it was July 1st actually. I went to the I went to the clinic, and. Um, I was I was telling him I said you know my heart is feeling strange, having a lot of pain, and this is through the COVID time, and uh, so they recommended me to go to the hospital's emergency. So anyways, I I go to the emergency. Uh, they take me and they do blood work. They come back maybe five minutes later. They said, "Do you have some sort of blood disease?" I said, "I don't, not that I know of." And then they 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 said that uh well your hemoglobin is 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 at sixty something, which is which is half what it's supposed to be. And that's why I was feeling so fatigued over the the previous two weeks. So after that uh they they recommended a blood transfusion because anything underneath the seventy mark that you have to get a blood transfusion. So I got a blood transfusion and. I was in the hospital from July 1st to pretty much the end of July. Like it happened that quickly. They ran multiple tests and they diagnosed me as having multiple myeloma, which I had no clue what it was at the time, but I did realize it was a cancer. And right after that moment, something went off. It was a switch in my brain. It went off and it was like, it said, what do I got to do next? What, what, what is it? What do I got to do? And at that point in time, I focused all my energy into doing what was needed to do. And that was to, to survive at the time. You know, and just thinking about it and, and thinking about it and saying, okay, 
one thing that I could control was, was my effort. Another thing I could control was my attitude. So instead of being negative about it and saying, well, I have to go through it, I said, well, at the, at the end of the day, I got to go through it regardless. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to go through, go through it, I'm going to put a smile on my face. And every, and every day since then, I said, no one will break my positivity. And, and so far, I've, there's been a couple of times, little incidents that I fell back. But when I look at the three years, I would say maybe once or two times that someone got me off my, my rhythm. And, and that and that and that itself may, makes me makes me pleased and proud of what I've been able to do by just having a positive mindset. Absolutely. So when you were first diagnosed, what was going through your head? Like what? Obviously, you know, not knowing, but just what was really going through your your head and your heart at that time when you first diagnosed? I just I was just honestly. Uh, I was pretty much thankful, which was which is very strange because I knew I had something bigger and better in my life, and I knew I I was destined to do something huge, and I knew that as a kid, I knew that a long time ago, and I didn't really feel that I was I was uh, maximizing all my potential. I thought I was doing decent, but I don't want to do decent. I want to be I want to be great, so that's my focus. I want to be great. So when they diagnosed me as with the cancer. I thought immediately and said, this is the chance to show how great I am. This is the chance to show how strong I am. This is the chance to show how resilient I am. This is the chance to motivate others that are going through the same struggle that may not have the same strength. So I looked at it as a positive, not a negative. I looked mm -hmm. at what could be instead of what would not be. And right. I just live, I live for that every day. Right. And as a Grofer uh, Windsor ambassador, what does that what does that really mean for for you and for Windsor? Well, it, it means that my positivity played a factor. Right. Because there was many people that they could have chose from. And I was uh, I believe I was five of many that have cancer. But the funny thing was, when I was laying in that bed, I said I would be the ambassador of cancer. But I had no idea that these things even existed. But I already put in my head, this is what I would be, and this is what, what I would, what, what, how I would represent cancer. Right. So when they and gave you've me- And you've been representing it well, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. You know, just looking at your journey, it's like, good for you, you know, going through what you're going through and then representing everybody that has uh, cancer and uplifting them, as well as keeping your spirits uplifted. Like, kudos for you, like, honestly. Like to me is, I remember when they gave me a call to, to be the representative and I was, I was working, I was, I was teaching and uh, I just knew that it was coming. I didn't know when, but I knew it was coming. And since they've, you know, even before that, I still wanted to represent. I wanted, I wanted to give people hope. I wanted to show them what you can do with cancer, not what you cannot do. So every day is a motivational factor for me to keep pushing myself, you know, because I know there's someone watching and there's always someone watching. So can I be who I, I say I am? Can I be better each and every day? You know, I went from a cancer survivor to a cancer thriver. You know, at one point in time, I was surviving. I was trying to make it to the next day, but I knew I wasn't gonna stay in the, in the, in the surviving mode. I was gonna right. take this cancer, run with it, thrive with it, and push the limits because how do I know what it can be done? Only only way I think it can be done is if someone does it. Because most people they say, I don't think it's possible until someone does it. And that will be me. So Absolutely. when the doctor speaks, I speak with confidence. I speak with reassurance because I know it's gonna happen. And they can't tell me something that's not because I know it's gonna happen. Right. And I just want to go to the comments for one quick minute, and then I just want to say something to that. Uh, good evening, Inger, and thank you for joining us, um, as well as Vanessa. Uh, yes, she's in, I believe, in Cancun, and she'll be there till Wednesday. So <laughs> thanks for joining us, Vanessa. Uh, can't, wow, Cancer Thriver, I love that. I remember walking with her 80-year-old mother through her breast cancer diagnosis through treatment stressful season it can be 
for sure. I'm paging Tim because Tim has a actual a cancer show called Perspectives on Cancer. Um, so, and Vanessa says way to overcome for sure. And Inger says, that's awesome, Jermaine. Uh, thank you for what you do for others. Now, you said something before I, I broke to that where, um, you know, if the doctors say one thing, you're going to go to the next. And I've seen some posts uh, with you on Facebook where your numbers, you, you said at the beginning, were tanked. Now, I mean, you, you get blood tests that come back that are perfect, but yet you still say there's room for improvement. Tell us more about that. Like, uh, with me, I, I, I have an obsession of just getting better. I really do. And it's not just about cancer, it's just in life. I want to be right. able to do better. And I know everything becomes with practice. And I'm never satisfied. So when they tell me your numbers are good, I said, I want them great. If they say they're great, I want them elite. That's my mindset. So when I do go and when I, when I have the treatment, I get the blood work, I analyze the treatment. I analyze my numbers. I say, this is, it's almost like a game to me. And every time I get the blood work is my game. But what do I do when I'm not at the game? How do I practice? How do I maximize my nutrition? How do I maximize my recovery? How do I maximize everything that's going to take to actually win? Like I won't, I won't leave one stone unturned because I know I'm so dedicated to this cause that I'll do whatever it takes to get the win. Right. And so, I mean, obviously that, that is great. And you're, that's not the mindset of everybody. So where do you think that mindset came from? You, did you have that at a very early age? Is, is that something that you grew up with or is that something uh, that was self-taught? I think I was early age. I was a very competitive kid. I didn't like to lose and I liked to be the best. Uh, going through different uh, tragedies myself. You know, I lost my sister when I was, when I was 18 years old, she was 14 years old, she drowned. I lost my father when I was 19 years old, which was the next year. Um, I lost my mother when she was, uh, it was 2010 on Christmas. And all these things happened unexpectedly, you know, and, and these things prepared me for the battle I was going to undertake. You know, if I didn't go through these things, I want to think that I could overcome this. But I went through so many things in my life that I, don't, I won't let anybody stop me. There's no way, like I will fight literally to the end. And then if there's an end, I'll fight more. So that's, right. that's, that's my mindset. And my mindset comes from family and, and friends who's put this into me, right? My family believed in me. My family knows I'm a fighter. So the only right. thing I'm doing is living up to who I really am. Right. First of all, so sorry for your losses. I mean, I know that, that, you know, that, after losing my father, even, I mean, that it, it was devastating, but you keep going, right? That's what, to mm -hmm. me, watching him die was like, okay, so that's the torch that now we have to carry, right? Yeah. And, and right. that's just my perspective of it. That's a, he leaves a legacy of never giving up, continue to put one foot in front of the other, a good work ethic, a family's first. And nobody better mess with his family, right? And I don't mean immediate family because I think of my entire network as a family. I will go to bat for any brother or sister. I don't care if they're blood related, right? Because that's just who I am. And and that's why, you know, we I gave this platform for for people like yourself and for our veterans and for I I always think of like the underdog. You know, I always have a gone for the underdog and I'm like, you know what? I will pick them every time because I believe in them. I believe if you give somebody even a little spark of hope, that little spark could mean the world for them, a, a change sure. of life and death for some people. For sure. And I, I love how you said that, you know, just never give up. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. You have a lot to live for, Jermaine. Uh, you know, I... I if you don't follow Jermaine on social media, definitely go to his Instagram or even, I, I follow you on Facebook. I'm not much of an Instagram person, sorry. Um, but you really got to check out his story. And I put a link up here that gives some of uh, Jermaine's story. So if you want to go to that link, uh, it tells a little bit about his cancer journey, but it also tells about, you know, who Jermaine is as a person and, and who you help. So um, I, again, and Inger says, you know, so sorry. Um, and Derek Bowles, another unstoppable person here. Blessings to you. 
And Vanessa has agreed. Uh, my mom decided to go back to her hometown in Germany for treatment, even though diagnosis diagnosed in US, uh, she wanted to walk daily to doctor's appointments and to hospital for radiation so that she could stay active. In the US, you have to drive to busy freeways everywhere and have a mindset to stay active to help recover quicker. After lobotomy and radiation, she is an, an inspiration to her. Absolutely. You know, um, something she said there, I just want to, um, being active, do you find that really helps you? Because I know when my dad was active, like we, we made sure he kept on being active right, almost right to the end. And I think that's what prolonged his life, being active. Sure. So definitely, would you say that something oh, you agree with? I definitely, that's, that's a big thing to me. Um, you know, I did listen to a doctor's advice for a minute because what my cancer is, it kind of affects the bones and the bones become weakened and you have a, you might have a fracture. And I tried that for a few months and I, that didn't work for me. Right. And it didn't work. And I said, you know what, I'm going back to the gym. I'm going to do what I do. And since then, my mental health has improved dramatically. My energy levels have improved dramatically. And I, and I, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them for not wanting me to go because you don't know what someone's going to do in the gym. They might go, they might just get stupid in here and they get hurt. Right. Right. So I understood that, but my, my whole thing is activity. I've been active all my life. I take that away from me. Then there's not much I can do. I'm not going to sit on the couch. I'm going to go to the gym like I do every day. I spend my time in the gym. Uh, I put my time in. I go in the saunas. I do cold and hot treatments. I have a lot of things that I've been experimenting with because I, I truly believe my cancer is going to be curable and no one can tell me any different. I love that. I love that because they are telling you it's incurable, but I truly 100% believe it. I think with cancer and with most uh, autoimmune diseases, if the mindset is half the battle, um, you know, my aunt lived two years past her diet, past the time that they said that they gave her. So I, I truly believe that if you, uh, you know, that positive mindset and, you know, keeping active and keeping everything going, I truly believe that that is, like you said, half the battle right there. Um, so kudos for you for acknowledging that and taking that on. For sure. Because I, I look at right now as my motivation is how much can I do after being diagnosed with cancer? Can I outdo the first? So when I look at everything in sports, when you look at Kobe Bryant, when he wore eight, 24. So eight, he did, he did something special. And then 24, he did something special. My, my method is I'm going to do something truly inspirational after being diagnosed with cancer. I'm going to do more. I'm going to do, I'm not, I'm not just here. I'm not surviving. When I got out of that surviving mode, that's when I started to thrive. I said, I'm done with just surviving. I will actually use cancer and I will push the limit and I want to inspire and encourage and motivate others on my journey. Right. And, and I, and you are, you truly are <laughs> like, I look at your posts and I looked at what you put and I'm like, man, this guy is something else. He's like unstoppable for sure. Um, and so, you know, and I see, I seen your post the other day about your daughter, you know, wanting to be a teacher because that, you know, you're a teacher and a coach by, by trade and, you know, not only in, um, well, business is a professional life too, but I mean, you know, a teacher first and, and then a coach. Um, so tell us a little bit about the Transformation King, because I know that that's one of the original posts that I had got, uh, seen from you was about the, tr the Transformation King and the coaching that you do do. Well, the Transformation King came from me studying blood work. I studied so much blood work through my cancer journey. I've spoke to so many people, naturopaths. I spoke to oncologists and it started out with uh, something just trying to help people get healthy. And as, as they became healthy, they started to lose weight. And what I loved about it was that I can encourage them. I can show them something that they've, they've been struggling with all their life and help them break through that obstacle, whether it's going over it, under it, around it. We're not going to stop. We're going to get what we need. And I, and I love the, it actually energized me. It makes me want to work harder because I see how they're how they're taking to it, how they're feeling, how it's changing their life and how it's changed everybody's life. So everything that I'm doing right now is about inspiration. It's never about money. I don't care about that. I'm going to get money because it's, when you're good at what you do, you're good at what you do. But me, it's more more about in, inspiration. 
I want to see people reach their full potential. And that's just the coaching. I want to see you do what you think you couldn't do, and I'm going to help you do it. So that's where it kind of started from. And then I say, I'm just a king of transformations because I have so many. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. And yes, you and your partner um, have put quite a team together, um, you know, and has truly transformed a lot of people. You know, and I think you wanted like a million, was it a million pounds gone within the next couple of years or something like yeah, that? Right. Because I don't think anything's impossible. Right. We're on our right. way. You know, we're on our way to I want to break every record, you know, <laughs> and it's the same thing I thought about when I was in the hospital, when I was getting treatment and they had the wall and they had how many laps you did. And they said, well, you know what? This person did this many. I said, OK, I'm going to do 10 times much because I can Right. And it's not to be arrogant because I want to inspire someone else to do one lap. Doesn't matter if I do a thousand. Right. That thousand lap can inspire them to do one. So if they do one, that's better than none. Right. We're not we're not in it to compete. We're we're in it to encourage. We're in it to motivate. Now, any way I can find a way to encourage or motivate, I'm going to do that. Because that's been my gift that I've been afforded from God. God has afforded me the gift to encourage, to motivate and to inspire he's he's gave me the strength that most people cannot have and i got to use that so if someone else is lacking that they can gain it from me right i love that that reminds me of a story we had somebody on our show um donna eller uh a while back and she she said when she would go in um to get her chemo treatments she would make everybody laugh that was her or that was her thing to do right um because you know some of these people you if you if you actually had been through the cancer ward you would see what what we've seen you see some people that look like they're gonna die tomorrow and then you see some people that are a-okay and they're just sitting there with that energized look and so she would go in and she would bring I think she said donuts, but I could be wrong. Don't remind me. It's been a while since she's been on, but she would go in and say, okay, people were killing cancer today. And so I remember when my dad was first diagnosed, I said, okay, dad, we're killing cancer today. And his last treatment as I walked out because it was still part of COVID and I had to leave him by himself in his last treatment. I said, remember, we're killing cancer today, dad. And, and then I had to walk out. And I still remember that. I still remember what she said and how she inspired somebody in that cancer ward. Like she, uh, she's from Michigan, but um, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're from Windsor, Ontario, like we are, or whether you're from Michigan or whatever, just take one small thing that you can and give somebody hope with it. And which is what you're doing and inspiring everybody. Um, you know, I love that story. I still get choked up once in a while when I remember that story because it's just, mm. what can we do today to help somebody tomorrow in their journey, whether it's cancer, whether it's, you know, going through divorce or whatever it is, the mountain that's in front of you, how can we move that? For sure. You know, and and would you say like prayer is a big part of your um, regimen as well? For sure. Uh, because just knowing something's bigger than me, right? And giving giving the the thanks and praise to God, because without God, I wouldn't do what I do. This is not me. I tell people when I first started, it's not me. This is God working within me, and God works with me now. And God knows if God's working with me, I can do anything. Anything is possible, right? Through 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 His strength, that's where I gain mine. So anything is possible. I'm not I'm not worried about anything. Right. Absolutely. I love that. Um, and, and I do believe that. I mean, I think we all go through something for a reason. And I believe that my watching my dad's journey and being part of that journey was to help other people that, you know, have gone through the same thing. I do. I consider us cancer families. I don't know about you, but the first time we sat in that waiting room, waiting for his oncologist, it was, and listening to some of the people's stories that they have gone through, it was just like, we were all in it together. And it was all part of something bigger than ourselves. But we made a lot of great um, relationships in those waiting rooms, waiting for my dad for his radiation or chemo. I mean, at the beginning, he had to do both. But, um, you know, it's, it's it, unless you go through it, I guess you really can't understand it. Um, you know, and I, I can't imagine you having to do your treatment um, as often as you have to do that. Um, but you're, 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 you said you're grateful for it. So 
And for those of you that are listening right now and you're going through something and you're like, well, I don't know how I can be grateful for that. Well, you're alive. You're still breathing. You're on the other side of the dirt. So while there's, while there's breath, there's hope. And I kept saying that right to the last minute with my dad, where there's breath, there's hope, you know, cause God can change anything. Sure. And I don't even think I even entertained the idea until like two days before he passed away that this was it. Cause in my mind, he was going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> he has before he, the man had nine lives. Right. So, <laughs> and, and so why not? So I, I love that when you said you were grateful for it, um, Tell us a little bit more about that. Like, how do you start your day with gratitude each morning? Um, do you have a morning routine that you do? Uh, yeah. Tell us more about that. Usually, my morning routine now is uh, I wake up, I'll do some uh, breathing, deep breathing, which helps uh, relax me, uh, gets my thoughts where it needs to be. Yeah, I've been I've been applying that for the past month, so it's it's been really effective. I'll take. Uh, hot and cold shower, so I'll take warm, and then the last two minutes I'll, I'll turn it to cold. That plays a big factor. I will, I usually, I would, I would pray, you know, and I, and I just thank God for giving me another opportunity. And then after that, I would probably, I, I would go for a walk, get some sunlight. It's crucial for your sleeping pattern. So I'll, I'll go outside, maybe if it's, you know, it's hard now because I wake up before the sun comes up, but usually if the sun is up, 30-minute walk, I'll get that. I'll reflect on life. I'll think about what I'm going to do. I'll come back. Uh, I'll prepare my breakfast, and then that's how I start off my day. Right. See, and I, I believe every champion and everybody that has that does power plays, and what I mean by power plays is – something you you know there's something bigger than yourself and you know you keep going and you don't give up and so everybody that i've talked to that has that mindset that positive mindset is they always start their morning off right and you know and myself included i'm up at 4 30 every morning uh sometimes 4 10 depends on when god gets me up i do um five five to ten minutes of meditation i have um this new study that I'm doing called the course of miracles. So I study that I do my gratitude five a day minimum and, you know, just journal a little bit before I start. And then I do my workout before work. So, um, you know, every, I think every person that's unstoppable has something that they do do and, and keep it as a daily routine. Yes. Because I, I believe in, uh, my, where I live at is my locker room. And all and outside my house is is the is the court, the field or whatever it is. So I must prepare myself, right? Because I know there's going to be th- certain things that may try to sidetrack me, but I'm already prepared, right? Preparation starts at home. Before you leave the house, you got to be prepared for life, and I'm already prepared. So whatever happens, I already know what's going to happen. Right, right. We walk in victory every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to say a shout out here. Uh, Charles is w- joining us from Hong Kong. So, wow. Thank you, Charles, for joining us. Um, yeah, I love what you said. Walking in preparation. You know, you you already know what's going to happen. If you arm yourself first before you even walk out that door to play on the court, um, that's when everything changes. And I love what you, I love that you said that. Because it's, if you think about it like this, why do why do athletes watch film? They watch film so they know what's going to happen. The more film they watch, the more prepared they are. So it's not nothing that really tricks them or catches them off guard because they've been watching so much film. So if I've been at home studying and preparing, when someone says something that I don't find appropriate, it doesn't faze me because I, I prepared for it. So everything is preparation, prepar- preparing yourself to be the best you can be. And how do you do that? Well, it starts at home. Right. And I'm, I'm finding um, with this new study I'm doing, um, peace is the center and the foundation of everything. So even though there's chaos all around you or could potentially be chaos all around you, if you set yourself up for the peace and no matter what it comes at you, it, it's going to be hitting a roadblock, right? Because you stay in your peace no matter what. 
for sure. So it's almost like, you know, I look at myself as water, right? And water cannot be disturbed, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like pop. I'm not, no, I'm water. Because if you, if you shake it, I still stink, stay calm. So even through all the things that I had to go through, uh, stem cell transplant, all these things, I was still calm because I knew. So that's how I look at things in life and saying, okay, how can I control my emotions? Like that's the biggest thing that I feel that it's hard for us to control because if something happens in our life, we think it's, nothing's gonna get better. Are we panic? Are we, you know, like through COVID, people were panicking and grabbing things and, and, and taking things and not realizing there's plenty of things there for everyone. Yeah. Just like just like there was before, there will be now. Exactly. Yeah, and funny that you said that, you know, our, our toilet paper uh, shortage here in Windsor when the pandemic first hit because of all the people going to Costco just stuck up on toilet paper. And I bet you they still have the damn stuff at home. <laughs> right, because right? when you can, if you make bad decisions, just like if you're playing sports and say if you're Tom Brady, the reason why he looks like he's really a good athlete or a good quarterback because he's calm in all situations. So when yes. we speak about chaos, I tell people, I said, do you really have peace if the room dictates how you act? The room doesn't mm -hmm. dictate how I act. The room could be full of chaos and I'll still be at peace because peace is within, not external. Yes. I, I love that you said that. And I, I will have to admit, that's just something that I've now, I haven't mastered it yet. But it's something that I'm getting better at because I noticed, like, for instance, tonight, um, my husband likes to be funny and could go a little bit overboard. So and I take it a little bit the other way. And mm -hmm. when I noticed that it was coming to that, I'm like, well, wait a minute. You're right. Never mind. I choose peace in this situation. I took it a different way than what you meant it. Truly sorry. And that's, you know, a training myself to get back to peace no matter what. Um, and it, it takes something to do that. Because it's, it's not our natural instinct to say, wait a minute, um, you know, I choose to find peace in all this. That's not our, our subconscious is saying, wait a minute, you know, uh, you're going to a different level. We want you to stay in, in your safe zone where well, we don't want to stay in that safe yeah. zone. And that's where you're constantly crashing. Um, but it, it takes something to get to that level of peace sure. and, and stay in it for sure. For sure. Because I look at I look at even certain things when uh, just embracing things, right? Bracing them what they're what they are and what you can learn from them. So a lot of times I'm trying to break a lot of these myths of, you know, when people say F cancer, why F cancer? Learn from cancer, right? Take everything that's a negative and turn it into a positive. That's what I that's what I train my mind to do in life. Everything is bad, but is it really bad? Can I make it good? You know, I might walk into a room and the room is full of chaos, but I'm going to change the room. And that's an opportunity for me to change the room. So everything is an opportunity. Every time, everything that you see, which is bad, you can turn it around and make it good. Yeah. But it starts with the mind. Yeah. I absolutely love that. You're right. Because it could, if you find good in everything, um, like even in broken relationships, what did I learn from it? I have always said since since I got healing from 15 years ago relationship, I'm just like, okay, nope. What did I learn in that moment? You know, what what can I take away? How can I help that to help others? And for me, for me, it's never. I don't never fail. I always learn. Exactly. Yeah. When you have that mindset of you know what? Yeah, I messed up yesterday, but guess what? I learned from it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do something at the highest levels I could, but guess what? I learned from that. So yeah. with me, a lot of times with me is I try to focus on and say never make the same mistake twice. Literally. Mm -hmm. Now I don't mind making it once because I need to learn from it, but yeah. making it twice that means I didn't learn from the first time. Right. Yeah. You're right. And I, I know a lot of people that have the F cancer mentality. Um, and I'm not going to say that at one point I didn't have that, like, sure. really, right? Because, you know, when you watch somebody you love die from it, it, sure. it takes it takes something away from you. 
Um, but at the same sense, like you said, even, even in that week, we were like, okay, what can I learn from this? Why are we, why are we going through this? And I said to my mom, I'm like, we are going through this to help somebody else. And, and I, I held my dad's hand as I said it Now he wasn't completely coherent, but whatever. And, um, my mom says, well, I'm glad you feel that way. At right, right at this moment, I'm not there yet. And I'm like, well, that's okay, mom. Whether it takes you a year, whether it takes you five years, 10 years, it doesn't really matter as long as you get through to the other side. Quicker the better, obviously, for herself. Yeah. Um, but as long as we improve ourselves daily. And and this is another thing I have to ask you, because since you're a coach and you, know, you are an athlete yourself, um, a lot of these people that say they, they measure themselves against somebody else. I say measure yourself as you were the day better than the day before. What is your thoughts on that? I, I definitely believe it's uh, you have to you have to you're almost competing against yourself to compete against someone else. You don't know where they stand. Right. So you if you're competing against someone else because they're taller than you, you, well, you you can't you can't you can only become better when you when you work on yourself. So mm -hmm. as I work on myself. I don't think about the opposition. That's the good thing about it is when you play sports, you're always thinking about the opposition, which is the truth. You're always thinking, well, I gotta outdo this guy, I gotta beat this guy or whatever. But in life, say something like this, this has made me not want to compete. Like, but I if I was on the if I was on a, on the court, I would be very competitive. I don't want to give you an advantage. I don't want to let you know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? But this is yeah. a different, this is a different fight. This is a fight for life. So all these things don't matter to competing against someone else. It's to uplift someone else. Can you uplift the next person? Can you encourage the other person? And I've taken a lot of joy from that with being away from the sports because sports is always like, I'm better than him. That's how I get credit, right? right? I'm always, I'm trying to beat him. This is a total different fight. I'm trying to inspire him. I'm trying to encourage him. So my mindset is totally different than I would be when I was playing sports. Sports is competitive. It, it is. Me, mm -hmm. you. Like, that's, that's what it is. But this is totally, it's a totally different fight. Right. Uh, and I totally get that. As somebody who's highly competitive, like, I hate to lose. So I'm not a bad loser. I will like internally, I'm like, oh shit. But yeah, I will like shake the other person's hand and and you know, uh walk away gracefully. But you know, when you said when you were talking about Tom Brady earlier, the if I was doing some research on him to find out what top performance athletes really do in, in their day. And his thing is he, he would also do like mind games, like to sharpen the mind. And I think a lot of us, especially through the pandemic, well, if you went through the pandemic and you didn't learn a new, new, new skill of some sort, that was on you, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, a lot sure. of people saw it as, oh, woe is me, oh, I'm losing this. But no, I mean, through the pandemic, and not only did I become an, a two-time author, I also started two shows. Sure. Um, so it's all in who who you want to be, um, you know, and, and so sharpening that mind is, and, and learning new things is constantly um, what we should be doing, you For know. Sure. Because it's just everything's about perspective. Like yeah. you can make yourself happy or sad in this in the same in the same minute, right? Yeah. If you yeah. think you're sad, you are sad. If you think you're happy, you're happy. But what yeah. has changed? Perspective. You know, your perspective yeah. is everything. So, if I'm doing whatever I'm doing, I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about well the treatment's coming up. I'm thinking about man, how good am I going to be? That's mm -hmm. exciting. Right. Yeah. You want you want to have something to live for. Yeah. Right. You absolutely. You, you know, as you as you're doing things, you're not thinking about when ex expiration date is. You're thinking about what I can do today and being excited about today. Yes, absolutely. Vanessa has some feedback here. She says it's not failure; it's feedback. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, as somebody who I will admit at times didn't like getting feedback. But then I realized, wait, I can learn from that, you know, and, and there's constructive criticism and then there's criticism, right? There's those people that no matter what you do, it's never going to be good enough. But as long as you find somebody that is constructive in it um, and that wants to move you forward, not push you back, 
I believe, you know, we have to discern that um, ourselves, right? Like, obviously, because there are negative Nellies out there, <laughs> right? So use that, use that feedback to go forward, right? I, and and be positive. At, I looked at it like this. I talked to a guy yesterday and I said, I'm a coach by nature. A good coach pats you on your back or sometimes kicks you in your butt. Yeah. If you think about it like this, a pat or a kick in the butt is still moving you forward. So yeah. that's what you should be focusing on. It doesn't matter how you get forward as long as you're moving forward. Whether it's someone forcing you. Now, if they're pushing you from the front or they're pushing you back. But if right. they're behind you, they're pushing you forward. Right. Right. I, I love that. I love that analogy. So what's new with you, uh, Jermaine? Because I know you got a lot of new stuff going on. So what is new, or can you share that yet? Well, what I, I plan on doing, uh, like my daughter, she, she wants to be a teacher. So I said, let's do it now. So what, you're nine years old. You can teach better than half the people out there because guess what, you can relate to the students. You can relate to the children. So I plan on probably having a children's, children's podcast with her. I'm gonna do it really, I'm gonna do it really big. Uh, I got a book that I'm working on. And then I got a documentary and I got the transformation stuff and I got some other things brewing up. So like, <laughs> and, people, and people, and people say all the time, you're doing so much. I said, I'm no, man, I, I need to do more. I told, I told you guys when I'm getting out the hospital bed, I'm going to drain all the juice I got lemon and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Oh, I, I truly believe it. And, and you know what, for those people that say, oh, you're doing too much. I totally get where you're at because I mean, I work a full-time job. I run two shows. I run a household here. Plus I'm a co-chair for a veteran organization. And the reason why, and my aunt goes like, you make me tired just listening to what you do in a day. And I'm like, okay. But the thing of it is God put me here for a purpose and a plan. And it wasn't for me. And I think it's selfish to keep all my, uh, things to myself. And that's why I'm out here helping people and sure. giving them a space and, you know, and continuing to move forward. That doesn't mean that some days are hard. And some days I just would rather come home from work and just sit on the couch and, and watch TV with my husband. But that's not me. I mean, that's, I've got goals, right? And and so when you have goals and it's bigger than you because you like I want to help the world. It's not just one person. Sure. I'm not just I'm not just helping Windsor, Ontario, where we're both from. And it's actually really nice to have another Windsorite on the show. I mean, I've had a couple on, so thanks for thanks for joining us here. So it's actually nice to have somebody in our in our hometown. But this is world like I, I'm trying to globally change the world, not just keep it in our in our hometown exactly. here. Exactly. And the thing is, it's different when I tell people I, I enjoy everything I do. So it's not even work to me. Right. Yeah. So if they say, well, yeah, you want to go on this podcast? Yeah, for sure. Why not? I, I like, I like, I enjoy talking. I enjoy <laughs> being on something to help someone be inspired. So it's not to me, it's not work. You know, if I'm helping someone transformation, it's not work. I love doing it. If I'm doing, doing, you know, a book, I, I love that. So right. I, I believe when you're doing things that you love to do, it's not work. And I can do it all day because I enjoy it. And, you know, right. and people ask me all the time, well, what do you do for fun? I said, what I'm doing. <laughs> That's what I do for fun. That's enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so people don't get that. And there is, you know, if you're enjoying it, it's not work. But then on the other hand of the spectrum, I, I will... I will feel, freely admit I'm a, I was a recovering workaholic where I did work to avoid. Yeah. Um, my home life wasn't great back then. Yeah. So I did the work and stayed away from the home. And I have identified that and realized, wait, no, this is something different. Um, you know, and I would not have started this without my husband's appro uh, not approval, but like backing saying, Hey, yeah, you know, yeah, I believe sure. in you. Right. Sure. Um, I don't think he thought it would be get as big as it was. It's getting, but uh, cause now we're on Roku for those of you that don't know where this episode will be aired on Roku within the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, so there are s several episodes up there already. So it's, it's a global thing that we're doing here. So um, Jermaine, it, it's not just winter that we're, that we're targeting right when we're having this conversation. This is global, like yeah. worldwide. 
for sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. So with that being said, um, your transformation program, where can people reach and get information about that? And if you want to talk a little bit more about that um, before well, we go to the next segment. They can, they can get the information from whether it's Instagram and my Instagram is transformation underscore King K one NG, or they can reach me on Facebook. You know, right now I'm currently uh, constructing my website. So it's down. So uh, I'll just keep it at those two those two things okay and and in the program the program consists of it's it's a well put together program that i thought thoroughly about like me i'm a, almost a perfectionist so i go over and over it again right. so it's 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 based on people to get a, a strong foundation in nutrition at the beginning because that's your staple and right. i believe that nutrition is the center point of everything and exercise is just a supplement Sometimes we put exercise in the in the in the in the core in the middle, and they put nutrition on the outside, and that's not the case. So a reason why a lot of people do receive great results is because it's nutrition based. It's a you know three months for the first phase, then we we enter the phase two, when I incorporate some weight training, and I and I manipulate the diet somewhat. So I, I thought about the program and I wanted it to be simplified, and the reason why it's simplified. Because why do I want to stress the people by thinking I'm so intelligent? I know what I know, and I want them to have four to five goals, simple goals that they can reach daily, and it's attainable. Right. And that way, we, we, we rule out the possibility of failure. So it's like if you reach these goals, this is what you're going to probably get to. Because I know everything's a process. Right. And I love that you said that because a lot of us try to do, uh, see like losing a hundred pounds. And sometimes that can be like, Oh shit, that's unobtainable. Right. But if you break it down, like you said, um, you know, it, and workable, small manageable sections, then, um, you know, it, it is doable. For sure. Because I, I, I told a guy yesterday I was at the gym with, I said, you can't eat a whole meal with one bite. So it takes multiple bites. It takes multiple bites to, to consume that meal. So don't think that you can do anything in one day because it's not going to happen. You're going to set yourself up for failure. Take one bite at a time, one step at a time, like one brick at a time. If you do these small things, you're going to get to your destination. And it may take you longer, but guess how much you're going to learn on that journey? Because it is a journey. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And for those of you that didn't get that information, it is in the show notes. So don't worry, just go back to the show notes. It's all there where you can uh, get a hold of Jermaine. And so normally we would do the fundamental section with Kimberly, but I'm going to do a little bit with you right here right now. Um, so I, I love what you're doing. I obviously, because you know, you're here and I've been watching what you've been doing and things like that and, and just really following your, your transformation. And so, um, if you could leave this world with leaving the legacy, what three things would you want people, would you want people to know before you left? That life was a journey that to never give up and to, to be optimistic. And when you're optimistic, it's, it's gonna change a lot of rooms, right? Yeah. And, and I just think of those things and say, okay, don't give up. That means when you, even when it looks impossible, it is possible, uh, keeping optimistic, being optimistic is, wherever you go into a room and you're optimistic, you'll change it for sure. Right. So those those are the three things that I would I would say, OK, take those and take a hold of those, because if you have those three things, I don't think you can ever fail. Right. Absolutely. I love all of that. You know, and if you don't have if you're not optimistic and you're pessimistic, <laughs> that just leaves you for like a dark, dark time. So let's just the, I love what you said. Keep positive. I mean, if, if somebody who is going through what you're going through and can keep a positive mindset and be grateful for that, they're going through it. Uh, there should be no reason why anybody in the world, you know, uh, yeah 
could could have those keep consistent in those dark thoughts is, is what I'm saying. Um, I mean, we all have our moments. I'm sure you've had them where you're like, oh shit, right? But it's it's and I think it's how far we stay in those moments. Um, mm -hmm. If we if we push back though and say, okay, nope, um, I'll let myself have a ten minute pity party and then I'm out. I'm out the pity train. <laughs> uh, I look at it. I look at it like this. A boxer might have a bad round, but he goes back to his corner. He goes back to his yeah. corner. Why? To regroup. A boxer might get hit and get knocked down. That's why they give him an eight count. But you take that eight count, learn from what, what landed you on the ground, and now you come back fighting more. Yeah. So th these are the certain lessons that you can learn from even sports-wise. You know, sports mm -hmm. is a metaphor for life. Yes. You know, it's overcoming. It's overcoming obstacles. So if we keep that in our mindset and say, okay, yeah, it's bad, but guess what? It's going to be good. What kind of story is it going to be when it is good, where it turns around? That's where overcoming our opposite, you know, our overcomer, that's where it comes from. It means you had to overcome something. Yeah. So people want to be classified as an overcomer, but they don't want to go through something that they have to overcome. You know, it's funny because I was thinking of that today because we all life, we all want life to go up, right? And just have a smooth, but life is like this, yeah. you know, up and down, all the way around. You could go through like the roller coaster of life. And um with this with the storm <laughs> that's uh, that we've had the last, you know, since when last Wednesday, and we're in the middle of it again today. Um, you know, there's been some challenges, and I'm like I could sit here and I could say, what was me? Or I can just be thankful that, wait, we still have the house, you know, um, you know, the backyard is trashed, but we'll get to it. Uh, there is a tree limb that still has to be removed from the hydro wire. Uh, we can't get, we can't get insurance over here until the tree limb is removed. But in, and for one brief moment, I was just like, man this sucks but then i'm like okay well what lesson am i learning and i you know it's keep on going for the for the next thing yes i'm in a season where not everything's going my way but there are tons of times in seasons that i go through where life is great and you know like we just got back from arizona and we had <laughs> we met up with when you're talking about sports we went up met up with some uh, NFL players, uh, retired NFL players. So, and just being unstoppable is what these guys are about. So you can't surround yourself with those type of people and come back and be, um, yeah. you know, have that mindset. So, and well, look, well, I don't know how much is put up on the news about how, what Tom went through with the divorce and stuff. And that's really none of my business. And I wish people would just stay out of their personal lives. But when, when you're going through that, you know, and, and going through what they have to go through on the field and, and being in that mindset, pushing all that away as you're going through, uh, you know, we have all these things come like the storm or, you know, this bill that couldn't be paid or whatever. But if you keep, if you keep pushing through, I'm just having this tunnel vision as I'm talking to you, you're, you're like a great opening here for me. Well, I keep going through this tunnel and all the chaos is around you. But if you stay laser focused and you go through it, anything's possible. And the thing is, let me, you know, even if I'm going to add on to the tunnel, you got to think when you're in the middle of the tunnel, it's darkness. You don't see the light. But what mm -hmm. can you see is the next step. And then what can you see again in the next step? So yeah. all you have to do is see the step in front of you. And then eventually you're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But if we stop in the middle, can you see the end of the tunnel? You won't reach the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And, and that's what I, one thing I do know from all the things that I went through. Yeah, I went through some things that were very rough. You know, and I don't I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me because that's not what I'm about. And, and when I went through them, I said, OK, one step at a time, one step at a time. I'm going to get to the destination because I'm not it's not going to be dark forever. You know, just like it's not going to rain forever. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's going to be cold. Sometimes it's going to be hot. Embrace them all. Enjoy them all because each of them make make the other one that much more gratitude, with, you know. You're so much more happy with it. So that's what I, I always stress to people. There is contrast in life. There's yeah. there's high, there's low. They did that for a reason. There's hot, there's cold. But they're both equally important. 
I, I love that you said that. I just had a, a thought when you were talking and it kind of went away. So excuse me, because it was great, but then it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I blame it on age. I blame it on menopause. I don't know. I just blame it on myself for, you know, not, I, I usually take notes, but I'm, I'm getting better at just being present to listening to what you have to say. Um, and being, you know, an effective listener uh and instead of copious notes but i i think you so much for coming on here and sharing your wisdom i mean there is a lot out of this episode um that that you brought to the table and we just so appreciate you for taking the time out of your schedule um and we appreciate everybody that showed up in the comments um vanessa's last comment here is negative mindset leads to diseases um you know and i i can't tell you how many times lately that I've heard that where, um, you know, dis-ease is disease and, and, you know, a lot of people blame that on, on getting, getting certain things, but you know, if, if I had to look at my dad's life, I mean, that man was uptight a lot of time, especially yeah. growing up. And, you know, he came with a generation where he was the oldest of five and my grandfather made an example out of him. You know, and if he didn't toe the line, like he was gone, thrown through the door. Um, and nowadays that would be child abuse and, you know, the father would be hauled off to jail. Um, but there's a lot that my dad went through in life. And some of it was self, a lot of it was self-inflicted because he would get so, you know, hyped up and emotional. My dad had a heart of gold. Trust me, he'd do anything for his family. But I see now where, you know, the disease in his body could have given him the cancer well and smoking two packs a day getting lung cancer i mean yeah. <laughs> to me it was a no-brainer but um you know it, i i can see where vanessa is saying that and you know some of the things that people say but uh what are your thoughts on that i just think about everything is about uh detoxification so that could be de detoxing through your tears not holding in mm -hmm. Right. Not trying to be so strong and being, you know, growing up, you know, I didn't want to share any shed any tears either because it was shown as weakness. But mm -hmm. as I got older, I realized it's not it's not bad to cry. Right. That's just detox. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. To, you know, when you're sweating, that's good for you. It's healthy. Yeah. Right. Everything yeah. when you're detoxing, you're getting rid of the toxins within you. So instead yeah. of keeping those tears in and making yourself more upset, release them. You know, so right now I tell people, I said, sometimes I do cry. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I don't care. And I'll cry by myself and I'll meet, I might, I might cry for five, 10 minutes. Or I might cry for 30 minutes. I'll cry as long as I need to cry to detoxify myself. Because if we realize when we do cry, we feel better afterwards because mm -hmm. we release something. So, but I'm not telling people to cry and stay there. I'm not going to cry and lay on the ground forever. I'm going right. to cry, wipe my tears, and I'm going to come back. I'm going to fight even harder. That's my that's my model. I'm uh, right there with you. <laughs> I, I totally I totally can appreciate that. I had a, a vulnerable day last week, and I, I didn't realize that I was associating being vulnerable with being weak, and not for anybody else, but for myself. Mm -hmm. I am my worst, biggest critic. Trust me. I have the critics out there. There's lots of people that like to say stuff about me, but I, there's nothing you could say worse than what I would have, would have said about myself prior to all this, you know, um, detoxification and, and stuff that I've been going through the last year. And so it came to me because I've been asking God, show me where I need to remove the blocks in my life. And I honestly, for 80% of a, a day, I was like in some form of crying and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And so I, you know, I'm talking to my mentors, I'm talking to my coaches and I'm like, what is going on? So they go, it's release, allow it. It doesn't mean you're weak. It just means like you said, you're detoxifying your body for years. I refused to allow, um, you know, that emotion to come through. And when you've been emotionally held up for so long, the dam's going to break. <laughs> so blockages, right? So everything yeah. is a system and, and if it's blocked, it can't function at the highest level. So if you need to cry, cry, because that, that, that might be something that's a roadblock for you. And as you, as you let it go and release it, 
you'll feel so much better. So that's mm -hmm. one thing that I've learned, even as being a male in some, you know, and being in sports, that's not what we do. That's not looked at favorably. Crying, it's like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. So, but as I've got older, I said, it's necessary. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's necessary for me to heal. It's necessary for me to be, become better. And mm -hmm. it's necessary, necessarily for my health. My health is important. So releasing right. it, it doesn't show that you're weak. Yes. You know, it doesn't, it, that's not, you're, you're not weak because you cry. You're weak when sometimes when you don't cry. That's the myth. When you cry, you're weak. No, we're not going to stay there. We're not going to lay on the ground. We're not going to mope all day. We'll, mm -hmm. re we'll release it and then we'll come back and we'll be better. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought up the men's vulnerability part because um, just a minute here, because I don't want to take up too much of your time. I we're past the hour. Um, we had a, a male coach in here, um, uh, an empowerment, males men empowerment coach a couple weeks ago, a month ago, actually. And I, I never, he brought up the subject of men's vulnerability. And I know that certain men, especially that I'm related to, do not like it when you show vulnerability and refuse to show it themselves. And I want men to know that it is okay, like you said, to cry and to release those emotions. Um, and it doesn't make them less than, it doesn't make them weak. And I'm on a new campaign. My new campaign this year is to help men get past that and to really help them with that. I mean, uh, yourself, you might be part of our, our round table, but I'm also working with uh, Derek Bowles as well um, out of Utah that, you know, he, I, I met him in Arizona and we did um, uh, an interview with Trent Clark. And after the interview, he, he spoke about that. And I'm like, well, why didn't you say that on the interview? I said, but better yet, you're not supposed to say it on that interview. You're supposed to come on our show and, and we'll talk about it. But I would love to see that this be the year that we help men through that. Um, because, you know, yes, women, some women have been had to be, you know, powerful in order to, to survive in a lot of different things. And I think being in that position has somehow emasculated men in somehow, um, yes. in some way. And so we need to get back to, um, you know, giving our men back that, that power or helping them through it anyways. Right. It, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I, I really want this year to really be helping the, the male. So maybe uh, you'll come back and maybe I'll have you and a couple other men on a, on a forum type thing. And maybe we could, you know, empower more men um, because I, I know, you know, I, I got married late in life and got through a lot of crap and I'm very independent. And I know that sometimes that's not always great when you become married. Uh, so in no way, shape or form would I ever intentionally hurt my husband, but I I'm realizing now through the process that I'm going through and, and bettering myself daily that, wait a minute, this isn't always great. And we want to empower our men as well and, and get them the help they, they need to be the head of the household. And, and one last thing, uh, when I was going through the stem cell transplant, the nurse came to me and she said, most men do worse with this than women. And the reason being is because a lot of men can't let go, right? They're so used to being power empowered, right? Right. They're used to controlling everything. And now that they can't control the situation, they don't know right. what to do. So right. like you, you've handled it really well but I, I let my faith guide me, right? Mm -hmm. I said, you know what, God, it's in your hands, right? I'm just here, right? I can't control the situation. I can't control anything, right? I let it be. So sometimes as men, we got to realize you don't have to control every situation. You know, I understand that you're, we're supposed to be built up to be this powerful being and that we feel no emotions and we know all the answers. It's okay if you don't know the answers. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you're sad. Right? It doesn't make you less of. Right? It just makes you think, okay, you know what? Maybe there's a man just like me out there as well. And there's there's a lot out there that feel confused and lost and hurt and pain. Don't think that you got to live up to the ex expectations of the public. Because we're all hurting. Just because you see a person who acts like a superhuman doesn't mean they are one. That yeah. just means they're acting super right now. Right. I, I love that. And thank you for sharing that. 
um, because men do need to hear that. And I'm, I'm not kidding when I say that I would like to invite you back and we'll do a round robin uh, forum type thing um, on men's vulnerability. And that just came to me. So thank you. Because uh, I, I see it's more and more of an issue and I'm hearing it from more and more men. Um, and we really need to, you know, help. Yes, it's great. And yes, you know, nowadays both partners have to work. My, my, I grew up where my grandmother said, you got to take care of your man. And, and she, you know, didn't have to work where now that it takes two incomes to make a living, um, you know, to provide for the family, you know, I still come home, cook, clean and, and all that stuff. And I, I know I'm not I, the minority, not the majority that still does that. Um, and growing up with a father that did everything, cook, clean, you know, if something wrong with the car, he'd fix it. And, and that's what I was used to, the old school. Um, so, but, you know, we need to give each other grace. Um, and, you know, my husband's not great in one area, but he excels in another. And I think yeah. as women, we need to appreciate that with our men. And instead of making them wrong for it, you know, praise them in the areas that they do do well. Yeah, for sure. And I really believe that. Accentuate people what they do well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've learned that with coaching and saying, you know what, I know, yeah, you struggle with that, but don't focus on that. Focus on what you do well and keep right. doing that because it feels a lot better. You know, our words are very powerful and I, I really mind them more carefully now than I did previously because maybe I might have said something that might have been offensive, right? And right. this, and that was a part of my learning journey. That was a part of my learning process. But now I'm saying, okay, man, you look good, man. Keep going, keep pushing. You know, you, you're doing great. Those things do help. They help people. And when your mindset is of inspiring, that's my first focus when I leave the house. How, how am I inspiring if I'm saying negativity? Right. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful in itself. Like we could go on for another hour on that, but I don't want to take up any more of your time. I do appreciate you. I, like I said, I thank our guests for joining us and I thank you so much, uh, Jermaine, for, for coming on, sharing your story and uh, we'll have to have you back and we'll do more of a men's empowerment um, episode. Um, sorry, to help our men um, get the help that they need and to just, you know, identify that they don't have to do it all. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. All right, guys, be unstoppable in all that you do. Same time, same channel next week. Uh, next week, we have uh, Toby Christensen, who is, um, he works with music with people that uh, we go into hospitals, sick kids' hospitals back before COVID, and uh, have the kids write their own song. And, you know, and then he would produce it. Uh, So definitely stay tuned for next week. And thank you so much, uh, Jermaine, for joining us. And be unstoppable in all that you do. Bye for now. See ya.